Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. I'm Jenny. And I'm Ryan. The movie this week is The Fifth Element from 1997, directed by Luc Besson, written by Luc Besson and Robert McCommon, starring Bruce Willis, Gary Oldman, Ian Holm, Mila Jovovich, Chris Tucker, Brian James, and Tommy Lister. And I, I could have named a whole bunch of other people, but let's let's just leave it with those people, shall we? Sure. I love how Luke Perry got really high billing and he's only in like the first 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, If we want to get our Luke Perry fix, we watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. (laughs) And Tricky was in this too. Tricky. Mm Mm-hmm. He was like a trip hop musician. Oh. Yeah. He was like. Is he Gary Oldman's right hand man? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Ryan, what'd you think? This is the first time I, we've all seen this before, right? Yeah. yeah. Other than Ryan. Yeah. Uh, well, and I yeah. think I had seen like the last 15 minutes before. Oh, um, that would be confusing. Oh, so not you know really. You it's it, you put it together pretty quickly. Um, you knew the fifth element was love already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, if you woke me up in the middle of the night, you asked me what the fifth element was. I'd probably <laughs> guess it in two or three tries. <laughs> is it wood is it- <laughs> well you know i watched captain planet back in the day oh there oh, you yeah. go yeah <laughs> but i was about to go on a tangent about Cl- captain planet but let's let's we're not gonna do, we don't do tangents on this podcast no absolutely Sorry, not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i i like this movie it was a lot of fun but like on reflection I only have critical things to say about it. <laughs> That's okay. 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 Yeah. I, I will enjoy hearing these because I, uh, we rewatched it last night, um, but we've already, both Sarah and I have seen it several, you know, dozen times probably. This, this is one of our like movies and commons that, that brought us probably together. And uh, like we have it memorized. So I, I have a hard time being critical about it. I I saw it with a little bit of a skeptical eye this time, like uh, just kind of being open to the idea that there, there are some things that are dated about it and stuff. And yeah. Mm -hmm. So don't worry. You're not going to hurt our feelings. Okay. Well, Jenny, am I going to hurt your feelings when I rip this movie? No. Okay. No. Well, you can't hear it on mic, but I'm popping my knuckles and I'm getting ready. (laughs) (laughs) That's a, I'll add go. a sound effect in there. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, what about you, Jenny? How how uh, how familiar are you with it? Oh, I think I had seen it twice before this, and the first time I was really drunk, <laughs> and uh, the second time I fell asleep halfway Ooh. through. <laughs> yeah, so I knew I knew that I I enjoyed this movie, but I hadn't really had a chance to examine it. Um, there were totally some things that seemed really dated. And kind of, kind of problematic in 2016. Yes, like, I uh, can agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, um, go ahead. I was just thinking, it's like a supreme being, more like manic pixie dream being. Am I right? <laughs> Thank yeah. you for laughing at that. Yeah. No, I was like, <laughs> I think one of my notes was like, she's hot. Okay, everybody agrees on this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's not hot. She's perfect. 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 Right? Oh, yeah. Yes. That was cringeworthy. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I appreciate the moment where Brian James is basically like, I got to go whack off to this. Can I take some photos and get out of here? <laughs> oh, I thought they were being just super, super creepy when she was in the tube. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's not. I mean, like, she, she, she does kind of like she does punch through the tube later and then she's kind of threatening but at the moment she's not a threat she's an unknown that they've recovered off this spaceship and reconstructed well i almost wonder if their extreme reaction is meant to express something that the characters can see but we can't hmm Maybe, like, maybe, maybe they're trying to say, like, we know it's just Miljovic, Jovovich, however you pronounce her name. Like, we know that we don't have the special effects to show you how perfect she is, so we're going to have everyone say it until you believe it. It, it is a, it's a nice thing to think that maybe that there was – the intention was to make us think that, like, oh, yes, everyone's saying she's perfect because – it's something that we can't see, but I think Luke Besson is just a perv. Uh-huh. Could be. And uh, he's shown it through many of the different movies he's produced and written. And it's not, I don't know, it's, it's there, there were a lot of problematic things. Well, not, not a lot. Like every woman in this movie basically is just an object, right? Sure. I mean... Well, I've seen this movie so many times, and this time I'm, I'm like feeling like I, I'm paying attention. And it's like, why? Yeah. Why are the women at the McDonald's wearing low cut tops? Oh yeah, and the receptionist <laughs> and the opera singer is literally a suitcase. Mm-hmm. That's her role in this movie. <laughs> She's a Ziploc bag. <laughs> you wish she was a Ziploc bag. You got to reach into there. <laughs> yeah um what would have happened if she hadn't gotten shot yeah i don't i don't know i think she would have barfed up the rocks yeah <laughs> i think i think there may have been some plan to pass it somehow <laughs> that's gross i guess i never really wondered about and those that. are angular so it would be uncomfortable oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah those oh, she's would be in- no fun to pass and she's an alien species who knows what a colon looks like I think it's perfectly triangular. Yes. Oh. <laughs> That's why she was selected for this mission. 
here, here's my 20 page thesis on it. <laughs> the best fan theory I've ever heard. Uh, you're weird. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I read the, I rented this movie on Amazon and I read the little trivia facts and oh. there are some cool trivia facts about this movie. But one of them was that when, when they showed the sheet music to the lady who was actually going to sing the opera song, she just laughed because it was unsingable. <laughs> so then she sang it one note at a time and they digitized it. Oh, that's yeah. disappointing. Yeah. Wait a minute. So that's the way they came up with her song. Well, it is part part of it is an actual opera that's being sung, and it's it's like a notoriously difficult opera uh-huh. piece. But the the part I think she must have been talking about the part where they she starts going all digital uh-huh. because yeah, nobody could really do that. Nobody can. <laughs> yeah, nobody can be digital. <laughs> <laughs> that well, part was really cool though. Yes. If it's impossible, then how did you do it just now? Oh my god. <laughs> well, let me show you my 25-page thesis on this. <laughs> Magic uh, of editing. That <laughs> I I enjoy the opera scene and yes, the the music is cool, but the whole uh, hand waving while the other hands on the hip thing that she's doing while she's on stage, that's Oh, yeah. You know, that was yeah. <laughs> very 90s. Yeah, this whole movie was very 90s, like very late 90s. It was like if you were falling asleep watching MTV in the late yeah. 90s, dream yeah. series exactly. of music videos, that's what this movie is. Oh, my soul. You like open your eyes for a second, you catch a glimpse of some really weird outfit, <laughs> and you like go back to sleep. Oh, that happened to me. Mm. <laughs> oh, you were saying, Sarah, when we were watching it, that. Bruce, what Bruce Willis was wearing was something you would just see in Hackers. Yeah, I guess it was kind of like what Johnny Lee Miller was wearing in Hackers or like some kind of because like the fashion at that point didn't really look like that on runways. Hmm. But it was, um, I guess, somebody's like idea of futuristic clothing or something. Jean-Paul Gaultier specifically. Hmm. Oh, did he do this? He did the costumes. Yep. Oh, I'm, I guess, yeah, he would be the one um, who had that sense of, like, just everything was kind of a, a puzzle for uh-huh. My My favorite, I think, was the crazy hat on the guy who tries to mug him. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the hat it's with like, the picture of his hallway on it? Yeah. It's real mm-hmm. weird. Like is so, that is that supposed to be like a live projection of the hallway? Well, like no. like did he walk in the hallway and his hat took a still, or did he have a photo <laughs> of this hallway? Took a picture He's, from, I guess from the door, probably from yeah. his own door because it looks the same regardless of what yeah. door you're looking through, because yeah. everything is the same in the future. And then he <laughs> printed that out, and I guess that it could trick you if you were just looking out the peephole. Oh, yeah! It was the perfect uh, like fisheye picture for that. Okay, that's that's what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it was a part of a mugging tactic. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. I thought it was like the <laughs> best fashion statement. <laughs> no, no, it was he'd been planning this assault for weeks. I mean, oh man, he was so bad at it. That poor guy. 
He's he's actually a very calm individual. If you read the uh, extended novels on this, he, he, you know, and then like the he, you know, taking the photo, planned out the hat and everything like that. Got the got the gun ready, and then right before he got nervous, so he took a whole bunch of speed, and that's why he's like, mm. oh, okay. Are there really extended just universe novels? Moment. There are now. No, there aren't. <laughs> um, I really want to read one that's about that guy. I would like to get back to the costumes. Sure. And ask mm-hmm. if you guys think that there was anything intentionally ironic about how stupid everyone looked. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I, I have to say yes. Okay. I think Chris Tucker, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, what about Gary Oldman? Gary Ga- Oldman? D- d- uh, you okay? Well, yeah. <laughs> certain things I can't form words about. Right, Gary Oldman seizure again. Oh, Gary Oldman pills. I, oh man, I didn't know you need one of those shots. Bram Stoker's uh, Dracula. Oh, that was yeah. a bad one. <laughs> you know, so that that's good because that's Gary Oldman and Tom Waits, and that'll just that'll make you swell up. <laughs> but like in Futurama, they take basically the same aesthetic of mm-hmm. the same costumes and just take huh. it to. I don't know if it's another level or basically the same level, but it's it seems to be or like the idea in Futurama seems to be, haha, weren't the people who thought that these would be future fashions idiots? Yeah, I I hadn't noticed that before, but it is like Futurama. It's kind of like Tank Girl, I guess. Kind of, yeah. It made me think of uh, Hunger Games and how they, they were really like, we want to portray that the people in the Capitol are these like foppish, superficial. Oh, types. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And it's also very anime style, too. You know, there's there's lots of influence from there. And there's weird clothes in manga that, you know, it, it's trying to come up as cool with the one. Like, I keep going back to Gary Oldman wearing that you said it was it was probably uh what was it looked it? like cut latex it cut latex and it's it's like a shirt that goes all the way down to the bottom like a trench coat cape type thing like i was <laughs> it was like why didn't i ever notice how stupid that is before <laughs> i wonder what the headpiece was all about yeah i, I want to say that the, weird, like yeah i think that the idea at least what i assumed was that like he had some sort of injury and the plastic was keeping his head on or something, keeping his scalp from disconnecting. That's a good Or it was idea, covering up yeah. some lesions. I think it's just the future. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, yeah, I couldn't think of a reason, but maybe, maybe it had something to do with like a prosthetic or something. I don't know. Like maybe his whole head class. is prosthetic. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just thought it looked like the kind of thing that you do put over a wound or like a, I don't know. Those plastic dolls where you can see their organs. Maybe he plugs things into that. Ooh. I don't know. I'll just go with what I assume everything that I don't understand when people wear it. It's probably a sex thing. Okay. I mean... This in this future there are plenty of sex things. Yeah. All right, we solved that mystery. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do, do one of you two want to do a synopsis for this movie, a real quick one? 
I can do a synopsis for this movie real quick. Go one. for it. Okay. Yeah. So there are these stones, and it's in Egypt, but the stones aren't safe on Earth anymore. So they take the stones away. But in 5,000 years, the evil thing is going to show up. So in the future, the evil thing, it's 5,000 years now. And they have to get the stones so that they can get the fifth element, which is a pretty lady and love. <laughs> and um, there's a lot of, you know, antics trying to get everyone wants these stones and this lady back and forth. Uh, but then they do it. And they save the universe from the bad thing. I might have done a bad job. Yeah, I have a correction to issue. Okay. <laughs> it's, um, so it's it's 300 years later. It's 300 years later, but the cycle of the evil later. thing showing You're up right, is 5,000 years. It's every 5,000 years. Yeah. And the um, so the stones power a weapon against the evil, but they need to be like in this pyramid with Mila Jovovich in the middle. And um, so it's it's 300 years later. There's this priest guy who's been trained by a bunch of priest guys to basically protect this weapon. Um, and they're thinking that everything's going to be fine because the weird, like the cool looking aliens who are our friends, they're supposed to come back down with the stones and the fifth element and save everybody again. But they get shut the hell down by the evil aliens who uh. are working for the guy with the dumb hat who is yeah. um, a weapons dealer and has promised them these really cool guns. So they shoot down the ship with the friendly aliens and they try to steal the stones, but the case is empty because the stones are actually inside the opera singer la lady, but we don't know that yet. And then the <laughs> weird, like, American galactic president. <laughs> he's not specifically American, but he's really American and very militaristic. They retrieve like, like a chunk of meat <laughs> that they grow into Mila Jovovich in oh, a tank. Yeah. 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 Mm. And then she runs away from them because they're being jerks and she's scared and uh, jumps jumps into, like, jumps through the top of Bruce Willis's cab. So we have different ideas about what a short synopsis is. Oh, yes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. And then the rest of the movie happens, and, uh, <laughs> and then they have sex in a tank. So like an adventure game, you have to use knife on <laughs> opera singer to retrieve stones. Right. Honey on the cat hair makes Emila Jovovich. This was made in 95, so you probably had to retrieve each stone. I was thinking about things. that. How, uh, like, they make a big deal out of the fact that it's four different stones, um, mm -hmm. but they they stay together all the yeah. time. They never need to be four. I mean, the four elements, but. Well, and why is it four elements? They never need to be four. Hmm? Like, Sorry, other than the bit at the end. Like, the fact that it's the classical elements doesn't really have anything to do with what's going on in the movie. Mm -hmm. It was like, it, it sounds kind of like they said, let's make a movie called The Fifth Element. The Fifth Element is love. Okay. How do we get there? <laughs> I think. Right, I mean, backwards. <laughs> yeah. Luke Besson came up with this idea, like, when he was in the fourth grade, so. <laughs> is that so? Yeah. That explains yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> 
Wait, does anybody, I just realized a thing. Does anybody actually understand why they had to go to the crazy resort island spaceship? That's just because that's where the opera singer was going to be. And that's, uh, yeah. that's what Lilu said, that that's where she had right. the stones. But if her so, goal was to deliver the stones, then couldn't she just come to Lilu? Well, everything had been messed up after the the ship had been blown up, you know, that was carrying Lilu and the empty case. So I think that originally it was intended for there to be a meetup, but they also, I mean, they had to come up with a way to get in contact with the opera singer, which included a convoluted plot. <laughs> uh, I mean, don't, doesn't someone just have her number? Yeah. Well, every time Bruce Willis tries to answer the phone, it's either that guy he works with or <laughs> oh, yeah. his strangely Jewish mother. His, who's a to- Do you guys ever read Raised by Narcissists on Reddit? No. Yeah. Classic <laughs> end mom. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You don't even call me to tell me that you're going to trip. You're not going to take <laughs> me with you. Oh, another interesting trivia fact. At the, at the end, when she calls up, Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, something, something, or like, I could just get saran wrap to the bed. She's recounting a list of things that have happened to people in the movie. Oh, mm. I um, thought that saran wrap to the bed seemed like retreading. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe he did that to his mom, too. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Willis did that to his mom, or, or Luke Besson did it to his I mom? I don't know. <laughs> Dexter style wrapped around a table. Jeez. <laughs> so at the beginning uh, of this movie, uh, the very beginning. Okay. So it's oh, like yeah. in space, space and space. it's super like slow and 2001, a space odyssey. Yes. Yeah. And like the first, geez, like four or five minutes of the movie have none of the same tone as the rest of the movie. It's kind of bizarre. And the movie seems really intent on setting up expectations and messing with them immediately. And sometimes just for the heck of messing with your mind, like the good guy aliens who show up are set up to seem like they're evil and they're going to shoot everybody. Oh, yeah. But then they don't. Yeah. Gigantic yeah. mechanical monsters as far as anyone would see them. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you when you look like when you rewatch it, that priest who's going to like poison the uh, the scientists, that seems kind of excessive after the aliens show up and they're just kind of cool with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Do I we know surprised. for a fact that the the stuff he put in their drink was going to murder them? Well, he, he does say that they've learned too much. Oh, okay. And that I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. Forgive me, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So he's either going to poison them or uh, I don't know. Whether I'm going to do something else bad. He's going to knock them out and sell their organs, which kills them anyway. So, you know. <laughs> um, and the like everyone in that scene at the beginning is really well established and likable. Almost like I wish uh-huh. that we could watch a whole movie about them. Yeah. yeah. Or I wish they were around for a little longer. Yeah, and then we never never see them again. The Adventures of Luke Perry and Aziz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like a Tintin style 
They just go around the world. Uh, yep. Yeah. I would watch that movie. This That part kind of reminded me of uh, Stargate, like that there was Egypt stuff going on and space together were connected somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got a little bit of a idea that it seemed it seemed like Stargate and it seemed like what else takes place in Egypt like that? The what Bible. Movies? The mummy? <laughs> it, it, no. I guess it kind of looked like the mummy. I don't know if it just looked like that because there was a desert. Yeah. <laughs> it did remind it did. me of the mummy though. Desert yeah. and a lone temple. It was a, yeah, it's yeah. a little Indiana Jonesy. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I mean, the you know pyramids associated with aliens. That's that's something people do in real life. You know, ancient aliens must have built this, and this movie proves it to them. So yeah, <laughs> it's good for those guys, I guess. <laughs> when we all know the pyramids were used to store grain. Yes. Um, the aliens say that the stones aren't safe on Earth anymore. Yeah. And I was yeah. really hoping they would follow up on that because that sounds really interesting. But mm. as far as I know, that like what happened in 1910 where the aliens came and looked around for the stones and didn't find them, I guess. The bad aliens. Mm. So yeah, there's another expanded universe novel that needs to be written. Yeah. The bad aliens came down to Egypt. Give me your stones. <laughs> we don't got them. <laughs> I guess we're Aliens leaving. came down to Egypt. They were looking for a time. What? They were looking uh, for a stone to steal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a stone to steal. It's no, so Why do they have any interest in the stones anyway? Um, the bad well, aliens. Oh, yeah. so if the, if you if you did the thing with a evil guy instead of Mila oh, Jovovich with a man, then the the yeah. zero with element. Yeah. Oh, so if Bruce Willis made out with Gary Oldman, we'd have a different right. kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Then and then all life would just magically be extinguished everywhere in the universe. I guess only robots would live. Okay, so Gary Oldman just wants to destroy everything. No, he's just in league with with Cloud Asteroid with, Monster, with Mr. Shadow, the monster. Yeah. Okay. That scene where his head starts bleeding was cool. Yeah. Was it bleeding? Although I did one. Yeah, do you remember that? Well, I, I know what you're talking about. I didn't get that it was bleeding. Oh. Well, they, when they first confront the, the what do you call him, Mr. Mr. They, Shadow? Shadow. She, he's referred to as Mr. Shadow when he calls Gary Oldman on the phone later oh. in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he uses AT&T. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> so when we first get there and they're in space trying to attack it with the missiles, right before that spaceship is destroyed, the guy, his head starts bleeding the same way. So I think it is. Oh. But it is like the stuff dripping off of Gary Oldman is all black and greasy looking. So yeah, it looked, sure it looked like chocolate syrup. Oh. And I get that it's oh, not oh. supposed to be chocolate syrup, but I didn't. I, for some reason, it didn't read to me like it was bleeding. It was more like the presence of the evil shadow guy was concentrated in your head. Yeah. I mean, it's possible it was just coincidental that that guy happened to call after Gary Oldman had used too much chocolate syrup to keep his hat on. Oh. Yeah. 
His his hat is a condiment dispenser. <laughs> Yum. Boom. Figured out. I wish my hat was a condiment dispenser. Another <laughs> like weird <laughs> quotation or like expectation reversal is the um the Earth starships really look like Imperial Star Destroyers. Yes. Yeah. And like it's yeah. like right away you're supposed to assume like like make that association and assume that these are the bad guys, but actually they're not. Mm-hmm. And the movie keeps doing this, trying to screw with you. Oh my! Why mess with a good thing? You know, we got those imperial cruisers, and that's a great design. It's you know, trying to mess with you, but those I don't know. It, it's sliding on the scale of good and evil, anyways. That's true. At least that's that's what Cornelius is is trying to put forward. Oh man, Aaron's not here, and his freaking last name is Cornelius. This is Aww. ridiculous. Oh, Aaron. Aaron Cornelius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is his address. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we got to do Planet of the Apes. Did you guys do Planet of the Apes? No, we no, haven't. we haven't. Okay. Well, was, consider us. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, no, absolutely. I was saving it for somebody who I thought I could uh, somehow finagle onto the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, who is a very popular internet person, but he has since stopped responding to me. So I think uh, I've been put into the not even a friend zone. Ooh. Oh, Are you man. talking about? Nope, we're not talking okay, about him. Okay, okay. Aaron Cornelius. No, I'm Famous people. So we, I mean, this we were so stuck on the beginning part. We haven't even gotten into this this world. I mean, it's oh yeah. We shoot forward like three hundred years into the future. We're in uh, a dirty New York where the bottom half is all smogged out, and the top half is flying cars and looks. I I don't exactly think it, it's a nice looking future, at least in New York. They do that misdirection again when they recover the the hand or whatever it is. And they keep saying, he's perfect. Mm-hmm. And then the woman. Yeah. But the, the entire landscape is like, sorry, I went off on a tangent. I don't care. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's like, I always wonder about the part where there's like tinfoil on a wall. I mean, what is that stuff? Oh, like like the stuff that she dives through? Yeah. yeah. She jumps through the insulation. Yeah. That's like um, a very thin wall. It, or is the idea that it's like a regular wall and she is super strong? <laughs> it could be either Maybe. way. I think it's a really cool visual either way. Yeah. And um, she crawls through the vents and the uh, guards... Um, are talking to her as she gets to it quotes the fugitive <gasps> really <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I guess <laughs> yeah she says I didn't kill my wife I didn't kill my wife <laughs> <laughs> the police officers I don't, I don't care, care. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I noticed a lot of that quotation in the first 15 minutes and then I started paying attention to the actual movie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's, there's tons of things you can compare this to that obviously it borrowed from. I I kept thinking of uh, a bunch of different 2000 AD comics, like judge dread style and uh, other stuff. 
That was some more trivia I read that it borrowed um, really heavily from these two French comic artists whose names I don't remember. And I think they actually designed most of the sets and then did not get credited or paid. Ah, one of them. One of them is Mobius. I know that. Okay. Um, See, as soon as you said French comic artists, I like understood this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It like adds a, a layer over the top of it that just makes it make more sense all these bizarre choices yeah mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about the future is how long the filters on cigarettes are <laughs> yeah <laughs> that makes them extremely healthy yeah. but not so healthy that you don't want to quit i like that you get these telegrams in like tubes in your house oh yeah i want that i want one of those they, yeah. they didn't they didn't predict email no, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a that's a weird thing about watching futuristic movies from a long time ago. Is their uh, their computer UI? It's yeah, like, right. yeah, they're using like like old school PC vector. Yeah, yeah. We got green text and green text on a black screen. Who's going to need anything else ever? Yeah, <laughs> it's like this was night. This was post Windows ninety five. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, is is are they trying to say that this is a a version of the future, or are they just putting a bunch of goofy ideas together? Like when the um the Chinese fella like pushes off from the window, and you find out that his flying car is like a boat. Blimp He's got space junk. Thing. Space junk. Yeah. Space like, junk. <laughs> That's not like a vision of the future. That's just a bizarre and hilarious thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were a lot I of guess, things yeah. Like that. yeah. That was a total Blade Runner nod. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, there was some Blade Runner-ish stuff, too. Yeah. But everything seemed kind of, like, plasticky and, like, like what am, what's the word I'm looking for? Everything looked like it could be trash, like any minute. Mm, yeah. Oh yeah, like starting <laughs> as trash, use. and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I imagine this surface of the world is just like covered with garbage, and they just built higher as a way to to substitute rather, you know, yeah. than clean the planet. Yeah. And that then Futurama stole that too. Yeah, stupid Futurama. <laughs> I'm going to say that I prefer Futurama to this movie, which is not a fair comparison because Futurama is many episodes of a TV show. This movie is a. (laughs) Yeah, this is just a movie in several extended universe books that I'm writing. (laughs) (laughs) I'll buy every one of those books. Awesome. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. If some of that stuff, like the old computer, could have been from like comics back in the day, like French comics that he was into, maybe maybe the design was coming from an aesthetic that he saw in old comics in France. I don't know. I mean, everything in there is analog. You know, when they're yeah, they're sticking their IDs yeah. into stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything has to plug in before it works. And oh, the yeah, typing, typing in the codes with the big old buttons still on there. Yeah, that's true. Thing I thought was weird was that Ruby Rod broadcasted audio only. Apparently, that well, is you weird. Can't, 
You can't uh, look at Ruby Wired for too long. You just. <laughs> Are we going to talk about Ruby Rod now? I think we have to talk about Ruby Rod. It was brought up. Okay. Yeah. So who's got a good Ruby Rod like, impersonation? Like hearts in uh, in the game Hearts. He has to be broken. <laughs> oh man. Jeez. I don't even want to try my Ruby Rod impression because I think it would probably be like racist and sexist and homophobic and uh, all the <laughs> other like anything anything else you can do. Probably um, was Mr. Tucker's voice like manipulated at all? Like, I don't did know. they Is speed that his it up digitally? Falsetto? I believe it was. I, I mean, have you? guys seen him in other stuff um i mean i think he's I think talking higher than he yeah was, I th- he is exaggerating a bit like I, obviously he doesn't walk around talking with the high-pitched big uh, squeak all the time but he, he goes into those ranges in like friday and uh i just uh, mean not in terms of the pitch but in terms yeah. of how fast you can talk oh. oh i think he can do that yeah 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 well, yeah good he's- job let me call it Mr. Tucker. <laughs> His outfits were something else. Yeah. <laughs> does does he remind me of a specific Phoenix Wright character, or does he look like all Phoenix all Wright Phoenix characters? Wright characters? Oh, combined into one. <laughs> yeah. I thought his outfit looked like a little matador outfit, like with a little <laughs> jacket. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his hair is just up in a cone. So Ruby Rod is a sore point for a lot of people in this movie. If if people say they don't the like this movie, yeah, well, really, I mean, I'm gonna I guess. say that I I freaking love him in this movie. So uh, yeah, I like him a lot too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what my dad said because I watched this movie with my dad. Mm-hmm. He said this movie needed Chris Tucker pretty bad. <laughs> hmm. He, he was off the wall for sure. Like, I think that I think without the character of like the diva and without him, it could have been a pretty boring haul to get to the end. But like when they came into that space where he was broadcasting, it kind of made everything a little bit more. Yeah. Funny and exaggerated. And I don't know, but I would agree that it wouldn't really work without him. What are you guys talking about? We have Mr. Charisma, Bruce Willis. And Ian Holm. (laughs) But like, if Ruby Rod isn't in the movie, then what is Bruce Willis trying to save? What is there worth living for in this universe? <laughs> uh, so, so him and Ruby Rod at the end. That's also love. Okay. I'm saying yeah. that Ruby Rod should have ended up with Lilu. I'm no, not saying that. I'm saying that like everyone in this movie, even though like the world of the movie is bizarre and whimsical, most people are kind of grim. And yeah. it's not so like not, not really a fun place to be in. Yeah. And, you know, we don't know how seriously we're supposed to take some of this stuff. Right. So we need, we need Ruby Rod as the touchstone of, uh, trying to tell us something. And, uh, (laughs) I have a 25 page thesis about Ruby.
Ruby oh, Rod. Good. Very good, yes. Mm. <laughs> okay, let's dive into that. Mm-hmm. Which, is that I mean, name a pun on something? No, I just... Like I just Ruby Road? Oh, Ruby Rod. Oh, uh, Like hmm. Rocky Road? Like I ice think it's uh, supposed to be a pun on something that can be read and is rod-shaped. Oh! Originally, his name was going to be Lockrod. Oh, that's uh, even more. Yeah, which, I that's a bad... Yeah, yeah, Ruby or Ruby or GTFO. I think that after <laughs> they cast Chris Tucker, they changed it to Ruby Rod. Mm. I feel like that's something he would have been up and been like, "Okay, okay, this isn't working. How about how about Ruby?" Boy, who else would you <laughs> cast as that character? Um, who has that much excitable energy? Well, I think that, like, just in terms of what the the script is. I think you uh, could do the the character in a very different way and not have to have uh, Chris Tucker. But as soon as, as it is Chris Tucker, then it can't be anyone else. Oh, he's like yeah. Michael Keaton's Dogberry. He's like Michael yeah, no. Keaton's Dogberry in Much Ado About Nothing. Yeah, yeah. I love Michael Keaton. <laughs> what? Imagine, imagine Michael awesome. Keaton as Ruby Rod. He probably could do it. He was freaking I mean, Beetlejuice. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He used to have those chops. Yeah. What do you? I'm excited to, to see this movie now. No, I mean, I mean, he's a different kind of actor now. Is what yeah. I. Oh I'm yeah. Not, no, I'm, I'm not trying to put him down. No, I'm. I'm saying that I'm very pleased with my idea of casting yes. Michael Keaton in this part. Yeah. Very good. Jenny, you don't agree? Oh uh, no, I'm. I'm fine with that. Okay. I uh, felt like. You just hate Beetlejuice. It kind of ah. reminded me of the '80s Eddie Murphy stuff, like like when he wore the leather suits and did stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah, I think at some point Chris Tucker like zipped Eddie Murphy open and drank his soul. Yeah, he took it. He yeah, took the he took the jazz away, and now he's got the jazz. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was already Chris Tucker in there, and it just combined, so it's even more so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's how I feel about Chris Tucker. Mm. <laughs> He's he definitely surpassed Eddie Murphy at some point. Oh, well, in our hearts. <laughs> and then Michael Keaton surpassed Chris Tucker. And I don't know. It's like it's a mad, 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 mad world in my heart. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I'm just saying that my you know Michael Keaton could has some chops. I I don't know if I want to replace. Him. I, want to I'm not, I don't want to replace him. I want to have both movies. Oh, okay. Alternate I just remember trying to think, what's the most recent Michael Keaton movie I've seen? And it was Multiplicity, and that was horrible. That oh, was a yeah. long time ago. Yeah. Is he okay? Mean? Yeah, I mean, he's he's like, I think he was up for an Academy Award recently. For Birdman? Or something like that. Yeah, oh, for Birdman. okay. And he was in um, uh, Spotlight. Which was really good. Oh yeah, Spotlight was really good. Yeah, for a movie about that subject. Yeah, I think it's because it's a movie about that subject. Which you know what? Never mind. <laughs> so Lilu has a really long name. <laughs> yes, she yeah. does. Do you, does anyone know what the whole name is? It's yes, on IMDb, was, but yeah. Oh, was I was hoping that tribute. you guys were super fans. 
Ryan, I think this is going to be a good segue into the trivia fact that I think you will be most excited about. Hit me. If you don't already know it, which is the divine language is an actual constructed language of some 400 words that uh, Luke Besson and Mila Jovovich came up with together and got to the point where they could speak it at Uh, each other. I am excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's cool. I don't know if I buy that, but I bet w- when they say constructed language, they mean you know the four hundred <laughs> words that constitute the sentences that we hear in the movie. Right. I doubt it was as well rounded as the Navi constructed language. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't have any. I, I I don't know for sure, but the the trivia facts did say that she already spoke four languages. Oh, yeah. So picking up a fifth one was not like making up and picking up a fifth one was not hard. Well, the and that makes me language. wonder if <laughs> that makes me wonder if the divine language that they figured out together was based on something that Jovovich already spoke. And maybe totally bears right looking into her character in Zoolander also has a really long name. Um, really? where she's Katinka Inga Bogovina na na. <laughs> I wonder if that's a reference. It might be. I because Zoolander was a few years after this movie, and I kept on thinking about Zoolander because the lady is right there in front of me, and thinking about like how if I could I could totally see how if you saw this movie at the time. You could think it was the best thing and it would inform your aesthetics and your worldview for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But seeing it now at the age that I'm at now, I was like, well, I guess it's an okay movie. Um, yeah. But Zoolander for me was that movie that I saw in that critical period. And then mm. it is the uh, the center of my aesthetics. Sure. <laughs> mm. Cool. Yeah, I remember I didn't see this movie in the theater, but one of my friends did in high school. And I remember them saying, I saw this crazy movie last night and it had the most beautiful girl I've ever seen in it. And I was like, oh, what was it? And they were like, oh, it was The Fifth Element. And like, I remember seeing it on like video after that or something. Oh, like later on. Yeah, but I felt like I already knew there was, like, a hype about it, like, before I saw it. And I think she was, she might have only been a model before this point. I don't know if this was her first movie or what. No, she she was in uh, Dazed and Confused. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I totally had a crush on Mila Jovovich when this movie came out. Yeah, I I really did think she was pretty. And I, I think that everybody was kind of doing like the different colored hair and stuff like at that time. Yeah. And we've gone back to it now. (laughs) It came back around again and now it's in style to do it again. The nineties in general. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Actually. Uh, Don't, don't mess with the best. I, I don't know what I'm saying. How old was she when she did it? Do you know Joel? When she did the fifth element or yeah. Uh, let me look real quick. She didn't sound like she had an accent in Dazed and Confused. 
So she, this is 1997. She was born in 75, so 22. Oh, wow. wow. So yeah. in Dazed and Confused, how old was she? Dazed and Confused was... I know that she was underage in that movie. Uh, that was... No, I guess she wasn't. I, I, well, I was 93, so what? Uh, I say 18. Before? She was 18, so she was just... Uh, I mean, during filming, she would have been underage if it was released in 93. And before that, she was in Return to the Blue Lagoon. Oh, God. Which oh, yeah, she was seriously. definitely underage for. Oh, my God, yeah. Because whoever came up with th- a sequel to that said, you know what worked in the first movie? Underage nudity. Get me another one. Yep. So speaking of Blue Lagoons, do you know that the uh, the opera singer Prava Laguna, that's some <sighs> language for Blue Lagoon. Mm-hmm. What is going on? Really? Yeah. Weird. I've never seen what she looks like in real life without like all the blue. She's like a musician. She looked like a musician. She has the face of a musician. (laughs) You know, does she also have all those tentacles? Violins for hands. Right, Ryan, you're a musician, so she looks like you, right? Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Ukuleles for fingers. And an oboe for a nose. Uh, this is what she looked like. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Normal. You guys seen now? No, we're no. not. This is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. This is a podcast, Joel. Is it exciting? <laughs> Everyone? Can I can I go back to Ruby Rod for just a second? Please. Yeah, of course. So I like like you, I love the character, but I can't help feeling as though he's really problematic even though i don't like i can't define exactly why like he just hits that like offensive gay stereotype for me but then he's not like he's straighter than anybody in the movie right yeah okay yeah i had a problem with the music and like including the muse the music that he was like talking to and having mixed in like, I think that was really 80s. Like, the synth stuff they did for the music in this movie was kind of hard for me to listen to. It's I guess I didn't notice it when I first saw it, but now, as time goes on, it becomes uh, less cool to me. And, I don't know, yeah. And he kind of talks in, like, spaces, and then there's, like, other crap mixed in. And I kind of... I don't know. It's the future of radio DJ, you know, with the sound effects and the the stuff, I I guess. Ruby Rod and the Morning Zoo crew in the future. Funny. I'm not, I don't see the part that could be offensive, but that's probably because I'm clueless, not because it's not there. Like, I'm trying to... Well, you guys. Yes? It's it's Hello? offensive. Hello? Hello? Okay. Yes? The, <laughs> something is offensive when you take offense at it. So, if anyone, if anyone here is taking offense at <laughs> Ruby Rod... I mean, offense? Offense is, a, like, a strong word like you just 
like like does he seem sketchy to you it's like you know how divine has those drawn on eyebrows that are kind of clown like yeah yes but but is not actually a clown yeah but oh sometimes when you the clowns okay (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes when you look at divine and you're not expecting to see divine it like you get a clown reaction just because of the the angle of the eyebrows that hasn't happened to me but i can believe that okay that's how i feel about ruby rod like i'm not actually offended but i feel like i should be he's definitely like a (laughs) great that's your your personal thing jenny (laughs) <laughs> it totally yeah, I feel, might be. I mean, I feel that way when I leave the house. I shouldn't be. I should be offended, but I'm not. <laughs> but there's also a yet on the end of that. Listeners, uh, write in and tell me if I'm being oversensitive. No, I I find him obnoxious <laughs> as a character. I mean, you wouldn't want to sit there in a room all day with somebody that was like that. In oh real God, life. no. Yeah. <laughs> what about the way he's acting, the way, you know, he's dressed? I mean, does does anything come off to you as it could be taken a certain way? Maybe because I just saw it as like a space thing as like I I kind of put it in this outside character box that was like some bizarre caricature of a personality of a talk show personality in space or something. Yeah, once again, it's really hard to tell whether there was any intention behind the aesthetics. Yeah. Are we trying to say that radio DJs in the future are a certain way, or do we just think it would be really cool if Chris Tucker dressed up this way? Are we trying to say that in the future, women in service positions will all be wearing ridiculous bare midriffs, or do we <laughs> just, are we just a bunch of pervs? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, probably the latter. And it could have been like a combination of everything, like a combination of like too many cooks in the kitchen with like Gautier and all these uh, unpaid visual designers. All Just these different and Mobius and the visual designers and Luke Besson and yeah, Luke Besson yep, yep. and like it could have been that everybody kind of wanted it to be over the top, and that made like they're kind of no safe corner to turn into <laughs> everything. I kind of like that about the movie, honestly. I do too. For some reason, I think it works for it. Like ordinarily, I'd probably be really annoyed by something that was this over the top, but maybe it's because I saw it when I was younger and I've, and maybe I just am biased towards it. Mm. Yeah. It definitely commits to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's never a point at the movie where you feel like the movie is un, like doubtful about what it is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which there probably should have been. The voice of reason was like fired off the set. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no, you you can't believe in the dream. So, You're out. Do you think that? Luke Besson was a big fan of the movie Friday or he hired Zeus or Chris Tucker and one of them brought the other along. Cause I think it's kind of a weird coincidence that they both in Friday and the fifth element. That's actually really cool. I never noticed that before. Tommy tiny lister. Well, I think that he maybe, maybe he saw that movie and thought it was funny or maybe he, just put out a casting and they were like up and coming actors at the time. 
don't know. Oh, I, can't, I can't think it. I can't help but think it's stunt casting, especially for uh, for Tommy Lister, because he's playing this like he's playing the president straight in this movie. And he's mm-hmm. never as far as I know, he's never had to do anything like that. You know, uh, I, I'm pretty sure he's not playing no holds barred straight. So I don't know. Ice Cube and Gautier and uh, <laughs> Luke Besant were all at a party. <laughs> and they were talking about this movie that he was going to make. <laughs> That's just the kind of thing that happened in the late 90s. Uh, probably. Yeah. In hot tubs, probably. <laughs> Madonna was probably there. <laughs> she, she just showed up. Nobody invited her. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't open up your hot tub anywhere in the valley without Madonna. Just, <laughs> just spiraling up out of the drain. Yeah. <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> Madonna. That's my Madonna impression. That's why I'm not doing a Ruby Rod impression. Oh, that's really good. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that whole thing of the cover identity of them being on the ship as newlyweds i think it is is that what they have yeah there's so much craziness in this movie like if somebody were to do a minute by minute of this movie i think you could get so much meat out of it like oh yeah it's just like we could have kept talking about the beginning part for quite some time and then after we flash forward in the future we start off before we even meet bruce willis with the the president working on or them in space confronting that thing. And then there's Bruce Willis and his situation. And then we get uh, Zorg. That's what his name, right? Zorg. Zorg. Yeah. His name is definitely yeah. Zorg. <laughs> it's a yeah. huge on a building. Yeah. Why yeah. does he have the accent he has in this movie? <laughs> he's like Southern. Is Gary Oldman Southern? He No, he's British. He is now. He has. So in a given dialect, um, whether you pronounce a post-vocalic R sound is subject to certain rules. And it's not the same for everyone. But in general, either you say an R at the end of a syllable, like card, or you don't, like cod. And yeah. Zorg is not consistent. He mm-hmm. puts those R's in some of the time, not all of the time, and... Some, well, he's, in my he's opinion, bad accent work from, or possibly futuristic accent work. From I really Mr. doubt he. I really doubt he had any sort of voice coach. I think that after the professional, Luke Besson was like, "Hey, I'm going to be doing this movie. If yeah. you want it, you know, I want you to do this part." And he's like, "Okay, I'll do it, but I want." Uh, I want to have a southern accent. I want to have a plastic thing on accent. my head. Yeah, yeah. I want a dumb hat. <laughs> He was already wearing that when they were <laughs> That was his hat year. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's what kept his hair fresh in the hot tub. <laughs> oh my god. Madonna was like, I have to have one of those. Give it to me. Like, no. <laughs> so I mean, uh, this probably isn't the actual reason. I, I think it was just bad accent work, but he is kind of chaotic evil. Yeah. Yes. He's definitely. Um, And he, the bit that he has with Father Cornelius about Mm. the purpose of destruction and the role Mm -hmm. of kindness 
etc is uh some good stuff and mm-hmm. it uh plays into themes and i love themes but <laughs> uh it's really not clear to me what he thinks what he stands to oh no i mean <laughs> I, I i get what it's doing there mm. uh, but what does zorg think that he's gonna get when the murder ball destroys all of existence that's a real mm. good question I mean, apparently he thinks that he's going to be able to survive and sweep up the remains, but, but I, yeah. don't, I don't think he's thought it through. Yeah, ob- obviously he can't, if if everything is going to be destroyed to the point of like all life, then mm-hmm. he can't really, he can't really profit from the situation. Yeah. And I I think that what you were talking about with that, they were saying that she was perfect maybe as a way to communicate that there was something special about her. And I feel like they tried to communicate that a little bit with like the evil ball or whatever, the Mr. Shadow, that there was something that drew people to it and it was somehow oh. like possessing them maybe a little. That's or- a- that's a really cool possibility that they did not do. If they were going for it, they did not do a good job at all of conveying <laughs> yeah. it. True. Yeah, I think that if that is the case, they should have spelled it out a little better. I'm going it's- to accept that as my headcanon, though, because I like that yeah. better than him just being stupid. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. All, it's all in the novel. No. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be a novel. It would be like a... Uh, like. A uh, comic book that runs for three issues that's published twenty years after the movie comes out. Oh yeah, yeah. And nobody I mean, looks it, right because they can't draw <laughs> them correctly. Right. I was thinking I've been playing a lot of Mass Effect two lately, and I really want the Fifth Element, the video game. Yeah, uh, there was a PlayStation One Fifth Element. Video oh game. my no, god! Do you think it was bad. any good? Oh. No. Um. Are you- were the I mean part of the reason I like Mass Effect so much is is this aesthetic with I the alien species. That. Oh, you didn't know there was a video game? No. Now, yeah, did you play up. this video game? Oh, this video I, game? I did not. Oh. I watched somebody play through it. I would be interested to know if the four elemental stones stayed together through the entire oh, video yeah. game or if, or if they, they, do they what they should were have done. Split up and you had to collect them yeah. all individually. Yeah, because that's the whole point of having four of something. All I know Come on, is you noobs. collect all these little green things. Your and... stone is in another castle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ruby Rod is a princess. Yeah, they could have just been oh, something. Yeah. 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 The... They could have snapped together or something to be more compact. But no, those don't stack. If you have three, four triangles, then they're never going to put together in a nice, just terrible design on the part of the Kalashnikovs or whatever those aliens or whatever. Yeah. You know, they designed them once and they never refined the design. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you have a beta stage. Yeah. 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 You got to test this stuff, people. 
So uh, let's let's circle back real quick. You are, you mentioned Zorg meeting with Cornelius in the office, and we, <laughs> you can't mention that part without talking about how much I want a desk where a little animal just pops out. Yeah. <sighs> I just want a little animal about, like, not in anything, just hanging out. Well, you know, sometimes I got to work. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That was a surprise creature in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There were not a lot of creatures. No. Like, which is interesting because the, yeah. they, they were clearly investing in like the makeup and yeah, and in, in special effects. They could have yeah. had a lot more creatures. Yeah, they weren't afraid of uh, straight practical stuff either. So Yeah. The only the only creatures was basically that guy and the whatever parasites were on the bottom of the spaceship. Or the aliens. Yeah. And the aliens, yeah. But yeah. I mean like animal type things. Are yeah. you saying aliens are animals? How dare you? <laughs> um that office was extremely blade runner. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I feel like Zorg saw the movie and it was like, that's what I want my office to look like. <laughs> <laughs> Put my special desk there. <laughs> I want a bowl of fruit to appear, and when it does, I want a voice to say, fruit. And then when you pick up a cherry, it says, one cherry. (laughs) My favorite. I love that so much. (laughs) Like, it has to identify everything. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know how in anime you can't use a special move unless you call it? Oh, sure. Yeah. In the future, you can't eat fruit. Unless a voice calls it for you. Mm. <laughs> and it's like it's... A, and the, it's an accountability thing so that other people in the room know what you're doing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you don't try to sneak <laughs> a cherry. Entirely, yeah. It's hey, why are there no peaches? Right. He probably expects that cherry to be restocked the next time he orders that fruit bowl up. Imagine if you had this active in a room with a pizza. Anytime someone picks up a slice, you know that it happens, and nobody is getting more than their fair share. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) One slice of sausage pizza with most of the mozzarella from the slice next door. Hey, what the hell? (laughs) That would be really funny if you didn't know it was coming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You just take a piece of pizza. Well, it was funny in this movie (laughs) when I didn't know what's coming. Dude picks up a cherry. I just yeah. I just want one voice that it doesn't have to tell me every time I get something, but like if if I finish something off, like you have heard the the last bit of milk, just just that, like throughout the house, like God damn it, <laughs> <laughs> the last roll of toilet paper. Oh. <laughs> so there's a lot of there's kind of. After we do a, a lot of work to establish the situation and all the characters, there is, it feels like 20 minutes or something that's spent making Bruce Willis decide to go to whatever the planet Florsten, Floston, Floston Paradise, whatever. Yeah. Floston. Uh, Floston. Thank you. <laughs> We're all trying to yeah. say it. Yeah. And like <laughs> the, the priest wants him to go, and the army wants him to go, and he kind of doesn't want to go, but then he does want to go for his own reasons. So and the it's like 
doesn't want him to go. The, oh, no? The priest, priest wants. Yeah, the priest sends the younger priest. Oh, he wants yes. to get the, he just wants the tickets, though. He sends yeah. David. Yeah. He yeah. says, give he, us he those hits, tickets. I yeah, see. Yeah, he hits Bruce Willis over the head with his own trophy. Oh, uh, that's uh-huh. after he's been wrapped in that saran wrap, so. Yeah, he's just mad after that. Yeah. And suffering from oxygen deprivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had the strangest dream. What? <laughs> I guess I had, I guess I'm wrong then about my feelings. But No, you're not. No, your feelings are your own. Come on, man. It seems like it's a lot of busyness and like slapstick to get to, or there's no, there's more business than necessary to do this. And then sure. um, after the big set piece, there's a lot of more shuffling around with where are the stones, blah, 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 blah. And it's, mm-hmm. did I already say slapstick? Yeah, but you okay. can say it again. It's okay. A lot of that. Slap yeah. stick. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like this movie was, um, so the set pieces were in service of themselves, basically 100% of the time, instead of being in service of the larger plot or movie. And, mm-hmm. and I was yeah, I kind of, I was kind of fine with that as what it is. I think this is another situation, which I'm realizing now Jenny and I talked about on a different podcast. So (laughs) not all listeners are going to have the same continuity, but Jenny and I listen to that discussed in detail, the movie Napoleon dynamite and how it's all texture and no substance. Mm -hmm. And it seems like everything is just like, we want to have this in here. So we're going to put it in there. And it's kind of the same with this movie where (laughs) I would really like there to be four elemental stones and a pretty girl in the middle of them. And (laughs) instead of like tying that together with other things, uh, there are other things that allow that to happen. It feels like a Michelle Gondry thing Mm. where he's, plotted out the entire room he's plotted out what he wants to happen in the room and then everything just gets kind of shooken up yeah and and the once again going back to mass effect like you're saying that like these set pieces are just they're for what's going to happen and that's it like we're not living in a world i feel like the first mass effect world or mass effect game presented a lot of places where uh, you're supposed to feel like you're spanning the galaxy. You're supposed to feel like it's a gigantic thing going on. But really, we're only visiting these small locations, getting this part of the story done, and then moving on to the next small location. Yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I I guess, especially the Floston Paradise thing, mm-hmm. um, I remember feeling kind of, like this set was almost too much. Yeah, I felt like the the hall or whatever it is that they were in for the performance and the rooms felt kind of like it definitely felt like you were in a, a three-dimensional place, but at the same time it felt kind of cumbersome for the story. Mm. Like it, it was another loud thing in the equation, mm-hmm. like just another big yeah, over the top thing. Yeah, it felt kind of claustrophobic and video gamey to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Uh, I always say this 
even though I'm too young to know. But like in 97, were these things that seem video gamey in the fifth element, had those been established by video games yet? Um, Final Fantasy VII had come out already, right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the timetable did- on any of this stuff is. Let's see. But that's a that's a pretty good point. I feel like that like maybe I'm wrong because I wasn't that into video games at the time. But but I feel like maybe it was taking more from art, more from like comic book comic panels. books, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like anime, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So Final Fantasy VII came out the same year, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they were copying from each other's notes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. There's just, they were, I mean, they're copying from that extreme ESPN Extreme Games that came out on PlayStation. Oh, when it that first came was out. so good. Yeah, you could like you could like slalom down the, uh, the hill. Yeah, yeah. Which gives me reason to say the word slalom. <laughs> that's yeah. even the word. Oh, this is not a. Okay. So yes, it's it a just, secret word. Yay! Yay. Ah, slapstick. Slapstick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you guys get the impression that they had done this like ceremony before where there was like a lady in the middle? They must have, right? Yeah, 5,000 so like, years ago. Yeah, every 5,000 years for like how how long? I don't know. Like before well, humans? He says something about the divine language existing before humans, so... Yeah, who knows? Yeah. But I mean, the fifth element is specifically a human lady. And this uh, ritual apparently has to take place on Earth. And yeah, yeah, that's a weird part. Yeah. Earth's the center of the universe, I mean, right? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> well, maybe it doesn't have to take place on Earth. I mean, maybe the alien race that is maintaining the the five elements... Maybe they have pre-plotted this so far in advance that they know in space-time the position of what planet will be. Whoa. Wow. So there are just pyramids in other places? Yeah, you know, wherever they, whatever planet planet is going to be affected, that's where they set up a new pyramid. Good job, those aliens. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Of course not. No, no, it's just BS. I don't know. No, dessert. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, before we get any further, I want all the listeners to this podcast to know that I think that Napoleon Dynamite is a great movie. <laughs> okay. The Fifth Element, I don't personally think is a great movie. It didn't throw me like Napoleon Dynamite did. Uh, no, that's that's, that's gonna... a dumb comparison. You, you were afraid people were going <laughs> to... People are gonna <laughs> run you out of town based on Napoleon Dynamite. Now they're all listening for the Fifth Element, the crazy people. Um, <laughs> I'll take them both personally. But I, I, I guess I personally. Here's what the the comparison between those two movies that makes sense. Um, when a movie <laughs> is based on these cosmic stakes of the universe is going to be destroyed or something mm-hmm. like that, I'm mm-hmm. not interested. Okay. When it's a stupid thing like a class president election, then you've got my attention. 
Sure. Yeah. Human human sized stakes are always so much more compelling than galactic sized stakes or universe sized stakes. Vote for Lilu. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was really bad. I apologize. You can edit I liked that it. out. I didn't like okay. it. No, no, okay. it's okay. What what if there was a scene where Bruce Willis was trying to feed uh, a llama? Freaking whatever yeah. the llama. <laughs> Like I want to see. I want to see Bruce Willis feeding a llama. Come on, you stupid llama! A llama would be a perfect animal for the Fifth Element aesthetic. Yeah, yeah it would. I mean, but, Ruby Rod was basically a llama. <laughs> yes, <laughs> great point. Or that one haircut was basically a llama, and then later on he had the turtle haircut or whatever it was. I don't know. Kind of a Chinese <laughs> zodiac thing going on. Magnificent yeah. haircuts. What about that weird deaf guy who looked like Will Ferrell in Zoolander? Another Zoolander connection. Oh, yeah. When did Zoolander come out? 2001. In 2000. Uh, oh, okay. I feel like I didn't see it till way after. Well, it opened to spectacularly tiny audiences because it opened like two weeks after September 11th. Oh, mm. wow. That sucks. That you want to talk about... L- listen. Have me back on this podcast when you do Zoolander, and okay. the podcast will okay. be six hours long. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, we were going to talk about Dave of the Gnome, not not Zoolander, uh, or that other show with the mannequins. Um, today's special. Today's special. What two? This is the second Luke Besson movie we've done. Oh, what was the first one? Podcast. Talking about wasabi. Wasabi, yeah. Yeah. And we also did one before with Bruce Willis too. Yeah, the twelve monkeys. The 12 monkeys oh yeah. yeah. How many monkeys oh. are we talking there? Thirteen. Is Mila Jovovich in the other side? Well, she's in like Resident Evil stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I don't. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But there was somebody Let's else see. that I was like. I've seen in something else. Well, Ian Holm was in a lot of other movies. Yeah, yeah, Ian Holm, of course. He was in that one movie with that guy. Oh, yeah. Whoa. I remember (laughs) that one. Mila Jovovich was in Zoolander 2? Yeah, that's why I brought Zoolander up. Oh. You mean the sequel or also? Uh, The sequel. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't see the sequel. Uh, Did you guys know there was a sequel? I did. Yeah, it just came out. Not okay. too long ago, right? Was uh, it this year? I feel like it might have been last year. Because I it, haven't seen it. I mean, I haven't seen it. it either. Nobody watched it. We heard it was bad. Yeah. Which is too bad. It's the name of this podcast. Nobody watched it. Nobody listened to it. They heard it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was in a movie called Ultraviolet that looks pretty sci-fi. Oh, yeah. Oh. I've seen that movie. Yeah, that's an Aeon Flux thing. I mean, yeah. not not literally, but not, it, exactly not the actual. It just reminds me. It's like done in the style of the movie Aeon Flux. Mm. Okay. Not like the cartoon. Man, the problem I had with the Aeon Flux movie was I actually followed the plot, which oh, yeah. is not what I want out of Aeon Flux. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> you guys are clearly doing this wrong because I know what's happening. <laughs> that is spectacular. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, so, 
I'm going to try and get back to uh, the fifth element because I have some notes in my note sheet oh, yeah. that okay, uh, yeah, we haven't we talked about yet. Those notes, yeah. uh, ahead, so I have a note here that says Major Iceborg. Yeah, yeah. me too. All right. Major High Iceborg five. will accompany you as your wife. Oh yeah, she looked I like a she that. looked like a sturdy woman. I don't know what the problem was. I there's a just a stupid joke about how you don't want to marry a woman who is large and has Princess Leia buns, but uh, Major Iceborg is a fantastic name. <laughs> yeah, super and good. It kind of like I guess the idea is to make her into this undesirable Brunhilde type, but. Like, yes. it really, to me, implies a really cool character that I yeah. would like to watch or read the expanded universe novel yeah, about Joel, Major Iceborg. Yeah, write a novel about Major Iceborg. Yeah, I'll write, I'll write a version of the story where she goes off with Lilu instead of freaking Bruce Willis. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a note here that just says, you're going to give your cat Thai food? He uh, says that, and then he orders Chinese. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? I I didn't like that the cat had crossed eyes when he was watching TV. But everything else about having a cat, I liked. So, does his <laughs> cat ever show up again after it's like super established that he has this cat? Uh, I don't think so. It's weird. Watch the beginning a second time immediately and I was like, "Wait a minute. I don't remember his cat being anywhere when he's hiding people all over his apartment." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an it's an outdoor cat. Like when they start off, the cat's outside. Oh, that's true. That makes sense. I'd hate to be an outdoor cat in this world. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> well, I I suppose that like in this context, outdoor cat means like slinking around this gigantic apartment building all day long, which could be oh, yeah, cool because there's a bunch go of outside. no there there's no I mean there's other no than floor. like crawling along on gargoyles. <laughs> outside that yeah. that's another that like expanded universe movie. novel that I want to read is the story yeah. of Bruce Willis's <laughs> crawling, crawling around on, oh I thought you were talking about a novel called crawling around on gargoyles yeah Good. Oh, that's what it's called there you go hmm. please um, more notes no notes uh, the, uh, the <laughs> military uniforms I thought were amazing I really like those some of the costumes were hit and some of the costumes were miss hmm yeah. But like the giant would... collars with the huge eagle wings on them or whatever. I was big yeah, into those that. Are pretty good. I really like Brian James. Uh he's basically that the lead military guy and he's been in a bunch of sci-fi stuff. He's I like Yeah. He's Is a he cool looking guy. <laughs> yeah, he he's yeah, the first he's replicant. The robot. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Uh. He's the what's a tortoise guy. He's another reference to Blade Runner. Just totally yes. gratuitous. Uh, <laughs> oh, I think oh that, I've got one. Yeah? Sorry. Yeah. Go. Um, I've got slightly greasy solar atoms. Yeah. Is what it says. Yeah. Do you remember that part, Ryan? I think I do. So when they're reconstructing Mila Jovovich and they don't know it's Mila Jovovich yet, there's this line about how they're going to, the way they're going to get her to grow her skin back is by pinging her with slightly greasy solar atoms. Yes. Which is going to cause the body to defend itself by growing skin. I, I'm like, I, yeah, don't, that, I don't think that's <clears throat> science. I, I am pretty <laughs> sure that if you did uh, an iota of research, even in 95, 
then uh-huh. none of those words would make any sense. But the fact that they're strung together <laughs> in that way is kind yeah. of fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I You'll enjoyed be- it. You'll be happy to know if you Google the term slightly greasy solar atoms, uh-huh. one, you get a one rock of the first band. results is a, uh, <laughs> is a Reddit ask science fiction. <laughs> Nobody should have to ask. <laughs> no, it just sounds wrong. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I always think maybe it's because... I saw it a long time ago and the characters are under the impression that something else is going to grow from this cell generation or whatever cell regeneration. But I, for some reason, I always feel like it wasn't her before. Like in my mind, whatever the DNA strand was on the other ship, like I don't picture it being her. That's so odd. Yeah. Because she like has the memories, right? Does she? Yeah, she knows that the uh stones weren't with her. Yeah. I and guess it it must be her in some kind of a crazy suit. Wait, cuz that's a So that's a continuity problem cuz she knows stuff as though she were awake while they moved the stones. But then later when she's watching the screens, the priest's like, yeah, she's been asleep for 5,000 years. She's catching up on our history. So which yeah. is it? Was she- Perhaps they were injecting her with uh, DNA memory while flying her to Earth. And then the cat <laughs> also informed her of everything she needed to know. <laughs> well, I think that she could have been asleep for five 5,000 years and then the – big scary aliens woke her up and without oh. giving her time to catch up on history transported her to earth maybe which okay, yeah. by the way yeah. okay yes. uh-huh. i want to talk some uh-huh. space stuff oh yeah let's do it the uh i forget the name of the big crazy aliens but they are requesting uh, access to earth space space and they're stopped at like the outside of this ring of lights and it's like space is two dimensional and you can't go around the lights. You have to stay in this plane. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> later on, um, when they're escaping from the, the cruise ship, he shoots out the door, the gate or whatever to escape. And they actually do, like, the things whooshing out into space for a second, which they didn't have to do. And I appreciated that they Mm. had that nod to real science. Kind of like a (laughs) cute inside joke. Yeah. Yeah. The two lights that you were talking about, that kind of reminds me of, like, we live by the ocean. And there's these two, there's, like, jetties up by the shore. And they would do this thing when children were swimming at a certain beach where they would they would have like a rope that was like going across, you know, oh, in yeah, like I pools know and stuff. They do it, too. Yeah, yeah but yeah. they drag it across. This one is like long enough to go across the ocean or in between these jetties. In so. between these two jetties. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And it's like in reality, it's not really dividing anything. It's just kind of an optical point for the lifeguard or whatever to oh, that's see. Where, that's where the laser net came in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to the bottom. 
It's just kind of a marker that doesn't really, mm-hmm. yeah, do anything. I don't know, because we had that at the lake where I used to go when I was a kid. And I guess I thought that if I went past the buoys or whatever, then I would be in the zone where a crocodile <laughs> could eat my feet or something. Yeah, oh. like sharks. Yeah, that's why the sharks were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they can't swim past the buoys. It's it's scientific fact. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Maybe they just said, maybe parents just told kids that so that they wouldn't go past that part. Mm, I don't yeah, think they had to tell me. I just assumed. Yeah, you figured it out for yourself. There must be crocodiles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when you see the, those old timey maps of the swimming pool and it's like, <laughs> here they be crocodiles. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Nemo and his sub I... are just on the other side, but you can't get there. Was there anything else note-wise you got? Let I have a I really nitpicky nitpick. No, that's okay. Go that this for might it. Be, Go for it. I can't remember whether I came up with this or my dad did, so uh, give half the credit to my dad. Um, the What's the name of the army guy? Uh, the general? You the main guy? Uh, the, the boss of the... You were talking about how you like him so much. General Monroe... Brian James? Yeah, yeah. Brian James comes in and tells Brucey Willis that uh, we need you for this mission because you're the best guy from your unit and you're also the only person from your unit left alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we were talking, he was talking on the phone with Finger. Finger. Who he yeah. served Finger. with. Wasn't, wasn't Finger in his unit? It yeah, really maybe sounds like it. And so that kind of, again, deleted scene, expanded universe. Was there a part where in between those two uh, facts being elucidated that Finger was murdered, possibly by Zorg, <laughs> for knowing too much? Maybe. I mean, he also lost his job, so he jumped out a window or something like that. There you go. Okay. Spit spot. I think plot hole. I think filled. it's it's actually more technical, or it, it's a different story altogether. I think Finger doesn't exist. Bruce Willis oh. is just imagining these phone calls. Or Finger Finger died, and Bruce is haunted by the <laughs> his feelings that he's responsible for Finger's death. Yeah. Or he okay. died because Bruce Willis didn't take his cabin to get serviced. Yes. Third yeah. third layer down. Here's what's really uh-huh. going on. Okay. Bruce Willis was, uh, he was being a cabbie and he got into an accident where he endangered a fair's life. Okay. The fair was fine, but Bruce lost a finger (gasps) and he feels so guilty that his carelessness might have cost this innocent person their life that the fact that he lost his finger, he feels intensely guilty (laughs) about. And so the the finger that calls him on the phone is actually the repressed memory of his own finger. And you see that he has all ten fingers in the movie because he has blocked out that part of his memory. He thinks that he has ten fingers. I think he got it. I think I solved the fifth element. That's great. Yeah. What is the fifth element? The pinky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the first element is the thumb. Well, one may argue that the thumb is not one of the elements, that you have four <laughs> elements. Are there five the elements? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I kind of, 
I guess I like the idea when there's a bigger message in science fiction movies, but I can see the other side that it is kind of like preachy too and like kind of hokey that it's like we persevered and good one out over evil. Well, I think that this is one movie where there really isn't any kind of deeper message. Yeah. It really is. uh, Yeah. Destruction and, and weapons are bad. And weird looking aliens are bad, but cool looking aliens are good. (laughs) Opera is cool. Yeah. Opera is cool. Shooting opera singers bad. Were they like a different creature inside of that shell? That's a really good question. The like steampunky shell that like waddled around. Oh, you're talking about the alien things. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They did look, they did look very metallic. But then they also looked as though they, that could have just been what they yeah. were. Yeah. Well, when that one gets crushed in the beginning, we don't see anything coming out of the, the crushed limb there. It just it, is mechanical. I mean, it doesn't get crushed that hard. Maybe they yeah. are uh, operated wirelessly mm. by, like, Ewoks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it always comes back to the Ewoks. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that ship that comes down is just full of Ewoks, and they've got little remote controls. Oh, I would say that the Ewoks are back on Endor, and they're operating the things with remote controls. And so when all those guys died in that crash, it was actually just their robot avatars. And so it wasn't actually that big a deal. Uh-huh. Makes sense because this obviously these are super advanced Ewoks because the original Ewoks that we're used to were in a long time. Well, long, this long is time yeah, ago, this is so. five thousand years later. Yeah, the Death Star was the original Mister Shadow. Yes, <laughs> remember when the Death Star uh, built blew up Alderaan and a giant skull came out of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah Doom, that was badass. <laughs> and then uh, it was uh, communicating with. Uh, oh, forget it. <laughs> so I'm, I was going to make a joke about something coming out of somebody's forehead, but forget it. I, I worry that all of the interesting things to say about the fifth element are things that you have to make up about the fifth element. No, <laughs> I think that it is a really good looking movie as like, I think that there are so many frames or shot, shots that are framed in a way that you could take them separately and like notice all this symmetry going on with the circles, the squares, everything being in a certain place. Uh, A lot of that stuff was plotted out and must've been like meticulously pushed so that like, we're going to get this shot and it has to look like this. Okay. Now we can do it. You know? And then if they, they flub their lines, we got to spend another 15 minutes getting everything right. Yeah, that's another thing that they mentioned in the trivia facts that uh, Gary Oldman tended to be framed by circles when he showed up and Bruce Willis more often appeared in a doorway or some other kind of rectangle. Yeah, because he's a total square. Hey! <laughs> oh, That's funny. That's okay, cool, actually. <laughs> I wish I had noticed that when I was watching it. Yeah, I didn't notice it either. It is... Um... Well, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, I just think it there it it does look really nice, except for the primitive CGI going on with like when they're oh, driving yeah. around in the ships and stuff. The uh, yeah. the cabin 
the police cars. That first transformation when the bad guy aliens Gary <laughs> Oldman. Yeah. He, he yeah. Headless, yeah. That didn't age well. No. Yeah. But it's not terrible. I mean. No, it wasn't like. I, well, the, the good thing was that most of it was done practically, I think. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that those few moments where there was CG. Mm-hmm. They didn't ruin the rest of it. Yeah, you can't but, expect that stuff to hold up. How dare you? <laughs> the uh, the graphic design on the multi-passes, I think, is really terrible, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Went to see if I had any other notes. and I Yeah, didn't. I was just going to ask. Oh, what was in your notes? I've got, a, um, I've got just a couple more notes that are mostly, like, quotes of things that I liked. Like, uh... Are you German? <laughs> that was a big concern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, back in the day. I liked, I think, negative. I am a meat popsicle. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's like, a good line. What What is your identifying species? Or are you, do you identify as human? Negative. I am a meat a popsicle. popsicle. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, where, where did that come from? Where did that line come from? And then they just accept it and move on to the next. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it's a slur or something like that. And, and like the cop was like, Oh, I know exactly what that is. Okay. (laughs) They just Uh, accept it and move on to the next. They move on to the next apartment. Well, it can't be him because that guy's a meat popsicle. Yeah. Smoke you wrong answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> guy's trying to like clip his nose hairs <laughs> that poor man <laughs> yeah also the scene where um where he goes in to negotiate and they make a big deal about how he's going to go in to negotiate and then he immediately uh headshots the guy which they yes we know that that's what he's going to do mm-hmm. uh-huh. i mean i didn't know that i've seen this like a hundred times <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> it's cool that he headshots the guy but yeah. it wasn't unexpected by any means I mean I was actually kind of waiting to see how he negotiated oh okay they've got, him, they've got him set up as a guy who can talk his way out of stuff like with the mugger well that's true yeah yeah. but when he says expecting- they won't fight if there's not a leader I, I was like oh, oh then yeah. he should probably kill the leader then yeah yeah it's the first time he's shown that he has knowledge of this other alien, this uh, aggressive alien species, though, isn't it? Um, because he know. specifically knew if he took out the leader, the oh, rest yeah. of them would know what to do. How did he know that? Because he was in the army. Oh. Yeah, oh, it's okay. all explained in those novels I haven't written. <laughs> you gotta write those, Joel. Well, now I do. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Well, is I there enough? Is there enough backstory explicated in the movie for us to know that the war that he and Finger fought in was against these goblin aliens? No, but they seem to be mercenaries, so it seems like he could have fought against them at some point. There's this real throwaway line about how they were scattered to the winds by the federal government. That's a good line. Yeah. That's so... (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the kind of thing that we were talking about when we were talking about Big Trouble in Little China, how they just kind of, like the peasant magic line. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. In that, because it just, it, there's that one line and then it never comes up again. Peasant magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to see more street magic. Mm-hmm. Well, that just reminds me now. This this movie was made uh, missing a John Carpenter song. Oh, yeah. They could have they could have had Bruno do something. <laughs> and Bruce Willis right there. Come on. Uh, nobody wants that. <laughs> Ryan, do you have any other notes you want to do, or uh, do you want to start wrapping up? I think we should wrap up this lovely podcast about a a good looking movie with some fine individuals. <laughs> what a lovely time. A great job by Mr. Chris Tucker. A really nice performance. I don't think we actually said anything about how uh, Ms. Jovovich actually is really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And yes. yeah. does really nice. And everyone is um, probably everyone was having fun when they made this movie, right? Seems it like looked, it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it looked like fun. Seems and like so, even Bruce Willis. If even if I had a lot of negative things to say about it, I had fun when I was watching it. And so did you guys when you were watching it multiple times. And Jenny had fun when she watched it while she was drunk. And then <laughs> she <laughs> fell asleep the second time. Yeah. But that was still one I time having fun. Yeah. So it's not a masterpiece or anything like that, but it's fun. It's a super fun movie. Should have called yeah. it the fun element. <laughs> but that you don't doesn't have to make any sense. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it shouldn't have been the fun element. Wait, wait, wait. So we got fire, wind, water, <laughs> air, and a roller coaster? That was <laughs> Roger Ebert's tag. He was like, it's clear to me that the fifth element is fun. Fun. Two put stars. It, put it on the poster. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> so I. One thing I wanted to mention, um, if it came up when we talked about this, was the browser game Kingdom of Loathing. They oh, have, it's odd that you uh, would want to mention that, but okay. So, well, they have five canon elements in the game, which are uh, hot, cold, spooky, sleaze, and stench, mm-hmm. and then. Um, added some content later that was basically a fifth element parody. So they had the sixth element, which was cute. Very nice. Yeah. I've, I've been watching My Little Pony with my three-year-old nephew. <laughs> and I was thinking about um, the element of friendship yeah. that comes together when all the ponies are together. <laughs> the fifth element is friendship. So, thanks a lot for coming back, guys. Yeah, thanks again yeah. For- Guesting with us. This was fun. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. for having us on. I'm really excited to have been able to do this movie with you guys. Us too. And Ryan gets to pick next time. Okay. For trade. And uh, do you want to, how about you uh, mention something that you uh, want to plug? I, I suppose you have things that you guys do and not just wait for us to record. Uh, we just, we just, um, Ryan just edited and published some fairly new Clash of the Titans content. Yeah, cool. It's good stuff yeah. too. Thanks. Good. I times. especially like the part where you mentioned our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Synergy. Hey. <laughs> oh man! And our secret, our secret uh, Kickstarter um, puzzle got solved finally oh, yeah. with much hinting. I saw that. Oh, cool. Yeah. So there's a secret 
episode that someone unlocked where we talk at length about Gilmore Girls. <laughs> that is cool. I want to play a secret game. <laughs> I, I I heard that wrong. There's a secret podcast. episode. <laughs> yeah, that was one of one of I think the best episode of Ryan and Jenny. Please stop talking that we ever recorded, and then we locked it behind a puzzle, and people didn't solve it for what like two, a year, two at least years? a year. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was cool designs on the outside of my membership card. I didn't know there was a puzzle, <laughs> but I'm really bad at puzzles, so. <laughs> I was like, maybe you unlock this puzzle by picking your teeth with it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Did not work. Oh, that's great. I I really enjoy your guys' podcast, obviously. I mean, it's... Oh, thanks. But I can't... I can't write my own game, so I'll never be on there. <laughs> that's true. Uh-huh. You have to write a game to get on the podcast. I know. Yeah. But you can have other people on your podcast... Yes, that's yeah. that's good. Because people watch movies, and yeah. then I can trick them into being on the podcast. Oh, the barrier to entry <laughs> on your podcast is a lot lower than ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to read our usual outro stuff, but then I'm going to ask you guys for a lesson. Okay. So I hope you've thought of something. Ryan, You since you really like the movie, and... It seems like you 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 learned a lot. I have a, I have something keyed up. Very oh, good, very great. good. Sarah, you got one too. Yeah, just I was just gonna up. say I'm a big fan of what you guys do too, and and I think it's really cool that you that you're able to build stories in that way. And I I've never tried to, but I I'm very impressed oh. that you can do that. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. You okay, Ryan? You need a hug? <laughs> <laughs> He'll be okay. He's just got to get over being complimented. It'll take a while. And Je- Jenny needs to make more games. That's that's what I say. Yeah. Yeah, I just finished writing something that I can't talk about. Ooh. Oh, so is it that thing you talked to me about? Yeah, it is. Hey, guys. Oh, no. I want to know what you guys <laughs> oh. are talking about. It's not that cool. Don't worry about it. Oh, it's pretty late. (laughs) All right. Okay. Let me read this here. Email any suggestions or comments you have to please don't podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or the podcatcher of your choice. Like us on Facebook. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash PDSMIOS. And if you subscribe to us on iTunes, please leave us a star or written rating. We'd really appreciate that. Special thanks to David DeRoy for our theme music, Jed Dowtry for our podcast logo, and to Spencer Seams, our families, and our friends for all the support. We couldn't do what we do without you. Yes, I stole that from something else, but that doesn't matter. Uh, We don't know what the next episode is, because everything's in the air right now. Everybody's very busy. We might just go with my pick, which if it is my pick, it's Beetlejuice, but if it's not, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Hope it's Beetlejuice. Right. You know, the planet or the star system or whatever it is. <laughs> the, the planet that uh, Ford Prefect is from. That is correct. Oh, yeah. I never got that joke. Like, his name is supposed to be a joke. It's a right? car in England. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. Mm. 
It's okay. like the least effective joke in the entire Hitchhiker mythos. Yep. Okay. Yep. And it's on every page. Right. <laughs> Cause he says he's trying to find a common name. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The joke is that he mistook the dominant species. Thank you very much for clearing that up. Sure. Anytime. Like the year is 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't they explain that in the movie? <laughs> it makes even less sense in the movie. Good grief. Staff. <gasps> so anybody got a lesson for me? I <laughs> literally water cooler. <laughs> I don't think they heard the water cooler, but when I said that, the water cooler bubbled up. Like, yes, I've got something. <laughs> something <laughs> refreshing. Oh. Is it water? Ooh. Who told? <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill you all. Oh, boy. <laughs> what I learned, or what I was reminded of, I'll say that I learned it, is that when you make science fiction about the future, you're almost never actually saying something about the future. You're either like, even in hard sci-fi, you're probably saying something about how you want the present to be. Or in the case of this kind of movie, you're just putting a bunch of things together that you think are cool. And I think that looking at science fiction in terms of what it says about the future is a fool's errand. What it says about ourselves or what it says about the authors or movie makers is really where you can learn a lesson, a lesson like someone else's lesson. Go. I just say that's a very good lesson. Yeah, that's a really good lesson. Yeah. Thanks. I don't, I don't think any of us can have lessons now. We we have learned. No, especially not me, because I was just going to do this dumb thing where I was like, Oh, that's really good. Yes. That's a good lesson also. Can you, can you say that? I, I Again, I got to write it down. <laughs> I could okay. actually. I'm just reading it off the script, but I won't. Oh, nice. <laughs> you. Now I imagine you prepping for the podcast by reading that over and um. over again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was I supposed to watch the movie version of the script? Mm. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Oops. I was afraid one of you was going to watch the, the Fifth Estate on accident. Benedict Cumberbatch was pretty good. I watched The Third Man. Yeah. Well, uh. What was on with all that zither, man? The Ninth know. Gate. <laughs> yeah. I like that movie. I like that Seven movie. That's a good one. It's Seven weird. Seal. Wow. Yeah. There's uh, only uh, odd ones, though. Twelve Angry Men, yeah. Is it the 13th Floor? 13th Floor, man. Yeah. Lesson, this movie. I mean, I don't have a lesson either. So yeah, yeah, come on. Help me out. I'm thinking. Um... They came prepared. We are so unprofessional. <laughs> well, I feel like I kind of like deflated some of it. Like I was thinking about like how much, how many times I've seen this movie and stuff. And now I kind of just like let the air out uh-huh. a little bit. So I'm just kind of looking at what's there. So you're saying Ryan ruined it for you? No, so, oh, okay. no, not at all. <laughs> um, 
But my lesson is, <gasps> I don't know. That's don't okay. Know. It's what, okay. What is your lesson? I, okay. My lesson is that every movie role can be improved by adding a Southern accent. But only That's for half, half the time you're speaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just for, you know, whenever you can handle it. Yeah. I mean, if you remember, don't don't worry about it. I mean, you're only in a movie. You saved my life, so I'll spare yours, <laughs> Dumbala. <laughs> I guess, I guess my lesson is that if a dark shadow starts talking to you, that you should probably just hang up because you don't want to be manipulated by a ball of evil. Mm. You don't want someone to lower a teaspoon of chocolate syrup onto your head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you don't. I just Thank thought you. of a lesson. Oh, yes, please. Is that if if you are having sex in a tube, no one will bother you. Except for that one pervert, but... <laughs> <laughs> just wait till they're done. You know what? Just wait until you're out of the tube. I mean, come on, guys. Or were they creating the sixth element? I, you know, I never. Oh, good, good one. Mm. Yes. We'll see you next week, folks. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. Thanks Bye. for joining us, guys. Thank you for guesting. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again for having us. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear.